the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch sitting here at Millburgers. He's at back. And Calvin's back. So he's ready to answer your gardening questions. He doesn't look any different. Did uh, Any better. Oh. Sorry. So we wasted that money? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, look at it. Oh, is it not? Well, my... Uh, <laughs> That's mechanisms were working just a second ago, but now well, that's, that's functioning as normal. Let's see if I yeah. Okay, I don't know what to. We can switch it out if you want to. All right, well, our phone number is two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. So if you uh, want to give us a call, you can two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, and we will uh, answer your gardening question uh, if you. Uh, have a uh, question that you want to come up here. Calvin was answering a question about a plant a minute ago. So you just come on up here. What was the plant that he had? Mystic Spires. Oh. That's an upgrade of uh, of uh, Indigo Spires. Indigo Spires, yeah. Okay. And my, my famous... Uh, <laughs> uh, that that in, indigo, indigo Spires will get pretty big. But this one is an improvement. How, how big will the Mystic Spires get? That that, that one you could actually use. A, oh, yeah. Indigo Spires, you could use it for a border for your whole yard. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... If you had 15 feet of... <laughs> that's what I planted up to my up at mother's house in Tennessee. And uh, I said, now, mother, this, this is going to get great big. It's going to get a great big plant. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to cut them in it, cut it in half when I tell you. So when it got to be about, <laughs> got, uh, I guess it was uh, six six or seven feet tall. Uh, and in the autumn, and I said, okay, mother, you, it's time to cut it in half. Yeah. And she said, and every, I'm every- not cutting that in half. It's still full of blooms. Every one of them is wonderful uh, butterfly plant. Here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hummingbird plant. She she wouldn't cut it in half, and so when I came for Christmas to clean up, it was dead, of course, or had mm. gone by back, of course. And uh, I had to get my truck to pull it, pull the root out. It was so tall. It was 13 feet tall. 
Good Lord. Yeah, we get, they get rain down there, man. Oh. <laughs> That's they thought it would die and gone to heaven. All right, 210-308-8867. Trace is on the porch with us, and Richard is on the line with us at 210-308-8867. Hey, Richard, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How can we help you today? Just got a question. I have a uh, Texas live oak. It's probably been in the ground for about 12 years. It's evergreen, but I noticed this time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, you went away. Richard, you went away on us. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, there you are. Okay, I don't know what happened. Yes, I have a Texas live oak. It's probably been in the ground around 12 years. It's evergreen, but I've noticed this time of year it tends to drop leaves. Is that normal? Yeah, it's, they they use that evergreen uh, nomenclature because it holds its leaves quite a bit in the, in the winter. But they always uh, shed leaves in the, in the spring at different times, different trees at different times. So uh, that that's just a natural occurrence. Well, and this these last few years have been so crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many plants that uh, uh, were really hurt by the drought, and then then we had that uh, wonderful few weeks of rain, and perked, they perked up. Now it's, they're dropping leaves again. So. <laughs> All righty, then. That's all I want to know. Thank you much. Wait, Trace went to offer something. I got one more comment on that. So when we get a lot of rain like we did in April, plants put on more leaves so that they can sweat off the extra moisture. And now they're not getting that rain. It's going to shed the leaves to be uh, self-sustaining. So it's getting rid of foliage so that it's not uh, overwhelmed. So, so do they have a fight to see who gets to stay and who has to leave? Uh, no. my, my answer is start watering, and then you, then you get the best of both. Okay. Yeah. So you're not surprised that no, his leaves are falling. Okay, good, good. So I have a question for, for Trey. Okay, good. It's not for me. Uh-uh. All right. Okay. I'm looking at this exciting black flag wasp hornet <laughs> and yellow jacket killer he is obsessing on this <laughs> Boy, De- designed to kill wasp hornets and yellow jackets the product also kills mud dobblers scorpions spiders black widow and brown recluse and tent caterpillars so it just about Kills everything it sprays on. You, you, you hit him, you kill him. You don't hit him, you don't kill him. Okay. So if you got good aim, that's great. Oh, okay. Okay. Lucky Malcolm's not around. To, <laughs> yeah. To react to that. I'll, I'll Always be prepared to run, Milton. Uh, yeah. if, you got, if you got bad aim, they're coming at you. Uh, is, that, is that one of the ones that sprays like you can be, I can spray... I think you can go twenty. You know what those, okay. those sprays remind me of when I see the uh, the reports on the Ukraine, you know, and they have those anti-missile <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whoosh out there. But they always know where it's coming from, Milton. That's why I said be prepared. Oh, be prepared yeah. Either way. Yeah, we used, to, we used to do that. My brother and I, we had BB guns, of course. And uh, with a big, they would have big yellow jackets nest next to the uh, cotton fields. And so... You know what? What the hell? We we said we shoot them with our BB guns and watch them scurry around, and they'd never be able to find us. That's wrong. 
about third, fourth BB, they're coming at you. They figured it out. <laughs> I didn't know they were that smart. <laughs> but they must it's have the watched hi- it. It's the hive mind, Miller. So, so, yes, that's right. And how fast did, could you, did you find out how fast you could run at Oh, that yeah. You, you figured it out pretty quick. Military intelligence at the WASP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, 14-ounce can, regularly six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. On sale, two for four dollars. Two for four dollars. Mm-hmm. Now you know a lot of people around here are very frightened of uh, fire ants, and when they see these mounds, you know they get scared. They they don't they don't want to get very close to them. So and sell two for four dollars. Could we treat ants with this? I don't think it's going to go down deep enough to do any good. We could stir the stir the nest up. Well, then you got close to it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's just a thought. But would the chemical work? Sure. Oh yeah. So on things like that, is the label the law? Also, or uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. On everything. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So it's not labeled I, for fire. I haven't looked at the label to see if ants are on there yet. Oh, okay. Well, we need what if scorpions, gobblers, spiders? I thought you bought a dozen of these last week. <laughs> I'm thinking well, about it this week. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> when I was over at my son's, where my son's living, uh, there's a big there's a big mound right outside the uh, door, and I said, Jeremy. <laughs> Son, that's where they let the dogs out. Oh, no. And that's where they sit on the porch. I said, this is a problem. You need to take care of this. He said, yeah, I've seen that. I said, you're going to see it even closer when they, because they, they it was a big mound. And they was beginning to spread. spread oh. Uh, so, uh, powder. So mm-hmm. surrender or ortho fire ant killer, a couple of tablespoons on top of the mound, and they'll kill themselves out in 24, 48 hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew about the orthene, but I, I'm afraid that that would stink too much for it. No. How long does orthene stink? Would you rather it stink or would you rather get bit? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe this. Uh, it's like a day or two. Maybe. This well, it's not bad. It's not bad. Spray and killer would. Uh, I tell you what, we'll do an experiment. Put it in your trunk while you drive a truck. No, I got the truck well, now. Carolyn can't spray my trunk with all. We could put it down. inside the cab. And I don't have fire ants in the cab, <laughs> so we're not proving anything. You sure as hell won't have it in there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you can put them inside the cab. I, I told Warren about your Malathion uh, way back when, when I had the car, and you were trying to trying to help me out. Calvin's trying to help me out by giving me a pump up sprayer. Full of malathion. I don't even know what I was treating. And so, you know, we're shaking this thing back and forth as we're putting it in the trunk. And Calvin goes, here, I'll show you. It's just easy. He starts to pump it up a little bit. That's all you got to do is pump it up. And he reaches in to put it in the uh, the car. The hose pops off. Oh. Spray it all over the trunk. <laughs> yeah. You never had fleas in there. I right? never had any fleas. Well, no. if there's ever a payoff for malathion, uh, he, he, he should be on the list. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, it does have an odor about it. Yeah, but I, it wasn't bad. Or maybe I don't smell that good. Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> no. I know. Thank you for letting me set that up again. I got a million of them. Well, 
Can we uh, re? Uh, yes, sir. Talking, done talking about bug bug poison now. Can we? Well, I guess I <laughs> shouldn't say anything. My whole article was on bug oh, on insects, but I looked at. Uh, he was talking just, about zinnias. Just admiring. What are you? What are you admiring? Oh, the uh, tropical milkweed oh, out there. Wow. Oh, okay. Me. Yeah, they're beauties. We expected something else that you're admiring. Oh, did, did you tell him we had a quota last weekend? Yeah, I was going to. So yeah, Trace met the quota. He said every, each day he was on, sir. You know, come filling in for you. He said zinnias three times, and uh, <laughs> butterfly egg garden once, or what was it? it? At least because once. you weren't here, Kevin. Yeah, because you weren't here. So he was so, carrying so, the ball. Yeah, he picked up your your responsibilities to the zinnia commission. Oh yeah, the zinnia. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hell, a hero, a heroes, heroes appear from a lot of places you never expect them. I don't know. And you, they, you know, do you know? It, it, it just goes to show you what a, a zinnia advocate can do for the zinnia industry. I know. Industry. Do you know? And they're worth it. So, what were you admiring? Oh, do you know that zinnias are on the deer proof list? Are the what? Uh, the zinnias are on the deer proof list. Deer resistant. Do you know list? if they are, or, or that they are? Huh? Are you asking him if they are, or does he know that they are? They are. They I got are? a oh. print out here. Oh, on the deer proof list. Yeah, y'all yeah. keep saying proof. Deer resistant list. Yeah. Is there yeah, a, there's, there's a difference. Yeah. Isn't there's there? a difference. What? Uh, Every time I've tried that experiment and planted them, they ju- they didn't get devoured like the uh, pansies do in a mo- yeah. moment's notice. <laughs> they just get kind of get broken off and yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they 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 don't have the same appeal to the deer, but they don't seem <laughs> to be avoided that much. You know that that stem on that is kind of rough, isn't it? In a, in a stem on a zinnia is kind of the leaves are kind of well, hairy, like, like a, a sandpaper. The leaves part, are the leaves are hairy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, part of the part of the issue too, I think, is the stems are so. Uh, Brittle, yeah. They don't. They have no flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason I found that in the deer proof list, I was looking at the deer proof list because it dawned on me, another dawned on me. Oh, that that uh, when we were talking about indigo spires a while ago, and uh, you said that it was deer resistant, and then I said. Uh, all fire salvias deer resistant. All of them I know are. The, do you, are you, I would you, can, can I would you, concur. Okay, so I looked them up. There's indigo spires is a salvia. Mealy cup sage is a salvia. Uh, salvia grigii. Autumn sage, salvia grigii is a salvia. Indigo spire salvia. Coccinia, the red, the red one that's blooming now, blooms in the sun or shade. Yeah. It's a wildflower. Yeah, mealy cup sage uh, is a salvia. Mexican bush sage, salvia lucanta, is on, on, on the list. And I was looking, <laughs> I was looking, so I couldn't think of any salvia that wasn't on the list. So if you know of a salvia, that the deer will eat, let us know. Is there one? Huh? Do you, do you know of any? No. No, I don't either. That's why I was looking in there. The, but they, they, will, they will do our, you know, which we alert every gardener. They will uh, 
nip a newly off. planted. Yeah. yeah. How about Red Hot Sally? Red Hat. Red Hot Sally, the annual salvia. Yeah, that's an annual salvia. Well, I. They don't say it. They don't mention that in here. They, they, they are. I knew the, the answer. They break. I don't think they. No. That's why one will have to try again because I, I used to plant it. I don't remember them eating it. No. But that was uh, my, the deer pressure in my neighborhood was much less back when I used them. Well, I was just thinking about that too, Trace. We had them here at the corner of the of the nursery here, and they, yeah. they're very spectacular. Yeah. They they don't like our heat as much, I think, as they do up north. But yeah. Uh, Somebody in the audience that's that's used them and yeah and has deer and let us know how what kind of response (laughs) they got. But I would guess they're not eaten by it. Not 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 much eaten. This this was uh, Forrest Appleton's list that I got these off of, and uh, I also looked at uh, uh, another list that we had. Uh, that we got from Cliff, Cliff uh, Alderman. Cliff? Yeah, Cliff, my, my volunteer Cliff, the master gardener. And he had, he had uh, a list of things that the deer won't eat. And uh, so we'll, deer will never eat. And I tell the story, I sent it to Forrest. I said, look at this and see. If we need miss some on our list, or his list, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so he looked over he, he, that list, and he found straggler daisy horse herb on there, and uh, he said <laughs> he put a asterisk by it and said they graze on it in my yard. Yeah, they. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but they can Not. never keep up with how fast it grows. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they don't. They never devour. But you, if you have a patch of it, yeah, they have a tendency to spend a lot of time there. <laughs> and then when I've gone to look, it's it's kind of it's uh, bra- browsed or grazed, and uh, but it, they never get it down to the uh, the ground like they would yeah. pansies or anything. Of course, that that. Uh, that would help horse herb cause it to spread and be prettier. Uh, hey, maybe that's what those deer are eating when we think they're eating grass. The grass is possible. Yeah. You're going to give well, Mark some ammunition? Even, they, they, even though they've got their feet, mouths around grass blades. They're eating the horse herb. As pictures, they, I bet they're searching for that horse herb. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. Want to know your experience with, uh, what was the uh, salvia that we wanted to know? Yeah, that, that, um, well, I'm trying to get Yeah, that's All right, uh, 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Milburgh's Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, while the guys answer a question off the air, 
I'm going to tell you about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. Since 1976, Warren Remy and the gang have been helping uh, homeowners and businesses to remain pest-free. And right now, the big news yesterday was they have had a positive case of West Nile virus coming from a mosquito in San Antonio. So you don't want to mess around with mosquitoes. But Spider-Man has lots of alternatives, lots of options that you can choose from. Uh, and uh, he's going to explain them all to you. That's the cool thing about Warren and uh, what they do at Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, because you're part of the process. They want you to know what they're going to do, and they make sure that you're comfortable with what they're going to do, and they make sure you know how uh, effective it's going to be. So uh, check them out. Don't mess with those mosquitoes. You can they, they can do fogging. They can do all that. They have some other organic stuff. And they've got the Into Care Mosquito Trapping System as well, which is working really well for them, as well as uh, folks in Disney World and as well as folks in Florida. So check them out. Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control at GoSpiderManPest.com. GoSpiderManPest.com or 210-656-3721. 656 3721. What, what I like about Spider Man is Warren, yeah. Warren will come out himself. Yeah. If need be. Uh, yes, he will. And so he was here uh, Wednesday ish, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It, 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 the, the service that you get is uh, impeccable with his, with his expertise. And I remember telling him, telling me a story about somebody where they were, they were, trying hard to defeat a mosquito problem and he said there's got to be water and they the this was kind of their their technician said nope they say they've gotten rid of all the water they've gotten rid of everything so he went out there and he walked it and walked it and walked it and probably he said it sounded like he spent an hour or so out there and he did find that they had pots that they had water now they have been they were moist and the mosquitoes don't need much nope. so the service you get is outstanding with spider-man termite and pest control all right, 210-308-8867. We'll have to find out what they were talking about. I know it's about trifoliate. I heard Jerry was talking about that. Yeah, I heard something about lemon beforehand. So. Oh, lemon? Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. The, All right. the freeze killed it. It's coming up as trifoliate. That's what I figured, yeah. And I guess they're trying to convince them to uh, dig it up. Yeah. That's hard to convince people to do, though. It does. Because it's trying. It's growing, but it's never going to be produced fruit. That are edible if it does at all. You've got some butterflies on your milkweed. I wonder if they're monarchs. Are we getting monarchs yet? I don't know. Guess we have to ask Calvin. You need to ask Calvin that. Okay. Well, what else is going on, Trey? My experience with butterflies is the ones that hit my windshield. <laughs> Especially when the sulfurs and the uh, the snout nose snout noses come yes. through. Is that I, what I recognize is? those? Okay. Yeah, that's where they they come in mass, and it's, you can't help but hit them. Um, I was going. Oh, what else is going on here? Anything new and exciting come in? Anything that you're... Well, so not this coming week, but the following is 4th of July. Right. So it falls on a Tuesday. So I can't hit it with our normal ad. So we're going to have a pre-4th of July sale. And this is going to be one of those big ads. Right. 36 items, front and back page, and a little flippy thing, both sides. So we will have lots of things on special. Good. Okay, so you uh, a few things we've never tried before. And then if they don't get the paper, they can go online. Sure. Millburgernursery.com and find them. Yeah. It will start Wednesday. Oh, and a, few, and and a, a few things that you haven't had on sale before or that you haven't had in before? That I haven't had on sale before. Okay, well, then I know you won't give us a clue. No. Ah. Okay. Well, let's see. What about, uh, we talked about zinnias. Oh, let, me, let me bring Calvin up. 
Uh, you you want to talk about what they were experiencing a little bit? Uh, what uh, on, on this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was, it was very interesting because he's he's got a rootstock from his Meyer lemon with all the thorns that we talk about in the trifoliate leaves, but he but he's got a, a big uh, the caterpillar from the giant swallowtail mm. is there, and it's a typical pattern. He's, I asked him how many he saw, just one, mm. and he's gonna he's gonna either. Jerry's talking to him now about grafting on his, uh, to redo his Meyer's oh. lemon, or he was talking about just pulling it. But uh, hopefully I convinced him just to wait a week or two when the uh, when that uh, caterpillar has gotten off there because you'll get to have that giant swallowtail advantage of having that fly oh, yeah. for a while. Yeah. They're spectacular. We see them here in the nursery quite often. Oh, and uh, keep eyeballing the milkweed, Calvin. I saw a butterfly. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some queens there. Oh, it's the queens? That's okay. Yeah. It was smaller than I remember you talking yeah. about the monarchs being. But Okay. So, uh, yeah, how hard is it to graft? Is it difficult? Um, again, once you get used to it, it's, it's, uh, it's not any. Uh, I never found it an easy task, but if you, get pra- if you practice at it, there's some people that really like to do it. It's, yeah, it's, it's like sewing, you know. If you're if you're into it, uh, it's good. And it, and the result is uh, is uh, pretty exciting. And then the other thing on PlantAnswers.com, there's a lot of good information there that'll show you exactly how to do it. Several choices of how to do it. And so, do all plants respond to all different the same? Are there different graphs for different plants? Yeah. Okay. And di- different times of the year, some, even some. But uh, and then some easy, as you well know, since you've written that paper on the roses, that the roses are so easy to to grab. He he's, he is no longer acknowledging his his rose grafting paper. No, I didn't do the grafting. I did the uh, where I uh, rooted it, rooted it from a cutting. Huh. I did where I rooted it, rooted oh. it from a cutting. I didn't do the grafting. That's next, Milton. Yeah, is that next? Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, our roses are not as happy as they once were. Um, so this might be but worth I've got it a good he... story about uh, the roses from last time. I'll share that in a little while. But uh, if he's got a, you know, he's got a, an, uh, he doesn't let it get too, too aggressive and ahead of it. Uh, that might be uh, that might be worthwhile to do it. Uh, Myers lemon is is well worth the effort. Although, do we still have Myers lemon for sale here? We do. Oh, that's so, always the 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 easiest way to do it. Which type of graft would you use for Myers? Um. Well, he uh, I, I suspect it'd just be a a a bud a bud graft. Several. And what does a bud graft mean? Means you don't. It's not necessary a long. Uh, you know, it's just not necessarily. You're not grafting on stem. a stick. You're grafting on just like a very small section. Well, are you? I remember they talked about one where you put the two side by side, and I guess there's grafting tape, 
and you tape it, and I guess eventually it, it, they meld into each other. I don't. I don't think is that, is that a form uh, of grafting. Okay, I'm sure. It I is. think that's a little. Uh, I, I think you've got a uh, when you've got a that rootstock like that that's that aggressive. That it's basically you'll have a competition and uh, and that rootstock may when when not that may not work as well as it works on some other plants. Okay. On on citrus, but those those buds work very uh, very well. Okay. So. But but I, they're but they're it's a, it's amazing. I, I you know it's. Good to re- go confer with uh, PlantAnswers.com because I think there's three or four choices on even on citrus. Uh, citrus yeah. yeah, that'd be good to know because you know people get you're going to do you're going to be a, a, a grafting expert in, in addition to your yeah plant starting huh? yeah um, yes of course I'm lo- we're looking forward to your paper I'll, yeah. uh, oh. I'll let I'll let you have a spot on my where, where I'm writing it's, I'm writing it slow and methodically. Uh-huh. Yes. How many years have I been writing this now? <laughs> this is word. One word. I just take a break. 20 years. Catch yeah. my breath. Yeah. But I do want to try again on that, too. Uh, and that's what I was trying you to do. You know, we used to do that. All, we used to have so much grafting activity. Now you can't hardly find a, a demonstration. And uh, and uh, anybody that does it uh, for, for fees or, or commercially... It's just uh, so much uh, so much easier, I guess, to get a plant that's established. Then you get some more choices in terms of the uh, type of top that you're having and the selection. But yeah, come on, uh, anybody that's got that urge for citrus, we haven't talked about it much. Let's see, we got. Gosh, we got. A uh, huge line over there. What? You got Meyer lemon. There's some limes. There's some oranges. I think the only thing we're really missing is uh, a lot of the varieties of satsumas. Do we have any satsumas? There's a mandarin orange over there. Okay. So that's close enough. Um, no tangerine, I don't believe. Yeah. But if you're looking for a little uh, Mexican limes and uh, Meyer lemons, they're here. What would you do does, on the grafting? Does it matter what time of year you do it as to its success? Well, it does. It makes a difference, yeah. But yeah. Some, some plants are pretty versatile, but a lot aren't. On approach grafting, you can do it almost any time except when it's dormant. You want it to be actively growing so it'll absorb that. Uh, is the approach grafting? Approach uh, grafting. What is that? Well, I know it's grafting. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> Is that the one where you break off, you kind of scratch the bark of each one? There you put go. Put them together? Well, okay. And you approach them together. Oh, okay. And now, would, that, would you use that? I was just telling him that I, I would see that as the difficult to use on a, yeah. a rootstock like that with, yeah. with Cal- Meyer Lemon. Calvin said, fool. <laughs> you don't, have, don't use no, that on a Meyer Lemon. <laughs> Well, I don't know if those are. They asked me whether those plants that we're selling on uh, trifolia, that same rootstock. And so I said, well, well they, got, they got it here. And that, that was on Meyer lemon, and it was trifolia. So I would assume that most well, of those are. There's trifoliate. only two growers left, so I don't know if they both <laughs> use the same thing or not. Yeah. 
but there's that flying dragon rootstock. Yeah, too. I remember that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think flying dragon uh, sends up many sprouts. That may be one of its benefits. It doesn't send up shoots. Some people, you know, shoots are dangerous. <laughs> I had a, I had a lady uh, that was was so proud of her satsumas that she had taken in the house and preserved for years, several years. And uh, she said, I, I looked at it. I said, You want me to prune it for you? She said, Oh, would you? I said, Yes. But do you realize half of it's rootstock? I'm going to cut half of it off at the ground. He said, okay, you know what you're doing. When I got through, she didn't know if I knew what I was doing. Yeah, he went to to his chapel and (laughs) spent several hours. Well, I've got a a kind of an interesting story. Uh, Dorothy. Hang on, Kathy. Oh, you got time? Oh, you got yeah. somebody online? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's deal with that. Okay, then tell you an interesting story with Dorothy in a minute. Kathy is on the line, and she's got a question for us. I think she has two questions. 210-308-8867. Hi, Kathy. How can we help you today? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm calling to ask about a shrub that I have in my yard, and it is the white version of a more common orange flowering version and i want to say it's a pomegranate but it's it's the flowering kind it's got like that waxy bud that comes out and then it when it blooms it's like crepe paper flowers yeah what is that (laughs) Uh, it can be a pomegranate yeah lots of choices lots of uh, yeah ornamental plus plus even those that produce fruit produce that long-term bloom, a beautiful bloom. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful bloom. That, what, what but it's, that like a, it's like a wax bud that opens up. That's Tra- it. Yeah. Trace, Trace, what is the common, most common pomegranate, that the one they use in California and everything? And we Wonderful. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, even their flower, that flower is very, very yeah. attractive. Well, does yours have fruit on it? Does it have? Well, the one that I have, um, I think I bought it during a Texas native plant sale so many years ago. I don't remember exactly where, but it is called a white version. So you're saying it's a pomegranate, a flowering pomegranate? Yes, probably. How big does the fruit get? Mm, Not any bigger than a lime, smaller than a lime. Okay, that's ornamental, probably. Yeah. Anyway, but it's actually more of a a pale yellowish green than it is a pure white. But the the flower petals themselves are pure white. Okay. Anyway, and the squirrels are very fond of it, and I kind of have to, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But <laughs> yeah. You mean the but, squirrels are eating the pomegranates? Yes, they're eating the buds. Oh. Hmm. Healthy squirrel. Anyway, <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, thought, it, I thought only Greg ate. If the squirrels don't get them, then the raccoons yeah. and <laughs> the possums will. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to ask. I've got it planted, kind of an area that I call the thicket, based on the, you know, the Texas. I don't know who it is. Parks and Wildlife has that little rating that they want you to plant 
you know, high, low, and in-between shrubs to create, yeah, right, you know, right, a, right. Good I forget exactly what it's called. But anyway, it's in my thicket, so it really only gets dappled sun. But the plant itself now has grown from a couple of feet tall up to about, say, 10 feet tall. But right. the, and I call branches, but they're really just tall twigs. Yeah, that's right. And they're very spindly, and I'm wondering... Is that because it's not planted in a full sun area, or will that plant always be spindly, or should I try to prune it back to give it some more strength? Is that uh, the pomegranate or what? Yeah, pomegranate. Uh, the ones we have in uh, Uvalde, I have Dr. Stein uh, prune those things every now and then, and it, it's, most of them are liking branches on them, long spindly branches on them. Right. And those are, those we cut off, the the long spindly ones. I cut them off at the at the base, and uh, leave the ones that are thicker on top. But I you, see. So you, I you, should you, prune you, you, from the base instead of just giving it a haircut at the top. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Thin those up. For sure, that works off. best. The ones I've got a number of them in my yard too. And is there? A, yeah, but uh, if there's. Any shady area, they're even more spindly, yeah, just, just the way she describes it. Yeah. But that, that's, the be- that's the best way to prune them in terms of pr- fruit production and even the, uh, the quality of the blooms. Yeah. Get, yeah, you just have to but I imagine, be, be willing to cut a number of the branches off from the base. Yeah, I imagine you could just uh, cut, shear the plant back. To half or something every year, and uh, to keep the height down and make it thicker. Well, you okay. can do both. Yeah. Or do both. Yeah. But now, what is the ratio? You're never supposed to cut more than what, a third or a half, at any given time. Well, no, on scraper on <laughs> pomegranates, you can cut them to the ground. I see. Yeah, uh, but uh, so you you can just cut off what you want to. But, on that, okay. you know, a lot of them got damaged in the freeze, too. Yeah, that's right. So you, may be, cutting, you may be cutting two-thirds of the stems because they're, they're injured, uh, and that, uh, that doesn't hurt them either. No. But uh, they look, uh, I think they look much better, well, maybe at least half as many of the thicker stems. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll try to do that as soon as the weather cools down. <laughs> oh, the pomegranate doesn't mind. Doesn't mind the weather. Yeah, the gardener does. Kathy, <laughs> Kathy does. Good for Kathy. All right, all right. We're well, going to take a quick break. Oh, thanks, guys. You bet. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Back in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on nine thirty a.m. The answer of everything in Texas. Just look around and you will see. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Who is that for? That's not Will, really. What? No, no, no. I'm, I'm almost positive that's uh, Robert O'Keefe. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing Jeremy knows Robert O'Keefe. Do you know Robert O'Keefe? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, good. Okay. Hey, I've got a success story for you with the uh, tree hugger sprinkler. I was uh, complaining uh, last week that my uh, Belinda's dream was uh, suffering, mm. and somebody gave me the advice. They said, fool, why aren't you using that tree hugger on it? Put the tree hugger around it. And that's what they said to me. You can guess who that was. It, and it couldn't have been Kevin. He wasn't here last week. Oh, who does that leave? It was you or Trace, I guess. It must have been Trace. Actually, yeah. He, he, he get, know, he, he's he, always he gets that impatient. way. Oh, I know. Well, so I did that. My watering day was Monday. And I put the little tree hugger there, and we just let it go and go and go. And just watered right there. We wrapped it around it because it's a hard plastic sprinkler. has a hinge on it. looks like a donut. We opened it up. It's full of peanut butter uh, crackers. Okay. I'll, I'll, then we'll, we'll forgive you this time. And then we wrapped it or hugged it around the 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 rose and then turned it on just a little bit to water right there by the root ball and we left it on so we were watering efficiently and effectively and not wasting any of the water and uh, yeah you can do the same thing with your tree in three sizes seven uh, 11 and 15 inches uh, the tree hugger comes in those three different sizes so there's lots of options and you have gone from seeing uh, yellow uh, leaves to seeing some new growth mm-hmm. coming on it yay so we're excited that water is good for those plants. They seem to like it. Who knew? Uh, you'll find the tree hugger sprinklers here at Mill Burgers, and you'll find them at HEB. All right, 210-308-8867. Did you want to? Oh, we got James on the line at 210-308-8867. We're going to get you st- Dorothy's uh, stories are always good, so okay. we can tell them when we get time. What's going on, James? How can we help you? Am I up? Okay. Listen, uh, I used that stump, vine, and whatever it's called, weed killer, I guess, for the first time about three weeks ago. Yeah, on a uh, a clump of three hackberries that have been growing up about three years. And I left them there because my dogs really liked laying under there. It was cool for them. But what they did in the process before I cut them down, they had dug their little beds all around the roots. So the roots, are, uh, the trunk and the roots are exposed, if you will. But um, I guess my question is, it's been about three weeks since I applied that uh, herbicide of those stumps and the roots. So uh-huh. all that. Did you, I mean the did, did it kill the tree? Yeah, you're not you you're not seeing any foliage. No, no, no green has sprouted, so I'm I'm thinking it did its job. I, I did it real. I painted the, everything more than once. The oh brush. gosh! No oh, good. That should. Yeah, be. I just wanted them to do it once, <laughs> and I never <laughs> used it before, so I didn't know how well it would or wouldn't work. And plus, the product I had was a few years old. Uh, uh, yeah. But I heard y'all say it had a long shelf life. Yeah, it does. Yeah, my in fact on my uh, peach orchard. Which, oh Lord. Which was not more than forty years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still it's still working. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Oh wow. Except for I have to keep marking the the. Bottle, so I remember it because yeah. the label was kind of shot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as far as getting rid of the stump, uh, the stump, of course, is dead too. People just use a stump grinder, you know, that have a. Yeah, I don't. I don't have one. I'd have to call my tree guy, and it's such a small job. I don't want to bother him with that. Yeah. Uh, well, you can just. Have you got an axe? Oh yeah, uh, you know what? 
Yeah, but I got a bad back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because you have an axe. <laughs> no, I'd have to find the axe, um, but I do have one. Okay. Uh, no, I was thinking about my plan was soak it in diesel since it's all pretty much exposed and just burn it out slowly for it's still green, the trunk and the roots. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I just wouldn't pick that choice for... <laughs> But I, you, you've used it successfully before, huh? The burning? Uh, yeah, on another stump. Yeah, another hackberry. But I'm kind of with Jerry. I would just use, I would just hack, hack it up, especially if you got some exposed. I just, I can't do that. I'd be in traction. <laughs> Seriously, I've got, I've got some back, back neck. But uh, yeah, you can. I would, uh, if you're going to pour, use diesel, you're going to pour diesel on it? Well, that was my thought, uh, in, unless there's an, a chemical. I know, don't they make, or didn't I hear, there's like a something you can put on there that will slowly rot it away. But I really wanted to get rid of it sooner rather than later because it's in a bad spot. Yeah, some people <laughs> some uh, some people recommend uh, fertilizer. Uh, is yeah, that right? Cool. Yeah. That'll yeah. burn it out, I guess, so to speak. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that the, the moisture in the roots are going to be a, an issue. Uh, figure it out, then uh, I think oh, yeah. go ahead and, and it won't, do, it won't, do it. It won't be today because it's pretty windy out here, which oh, I'm yeah. enjoying to see. Yeah, no, the, the uh, conditions would have to be just right. And I've got water to buy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you're probably not going to have a big fire. Uh, no. I, dig I, I, dig I, out what you can see of the roots and yeah. put about two roots before you uh, uh, light it. Light it, right. But I guess my question is, you think it's okay to do now or should I let it dry out some more? I would do it now. Yeah, you can do it now. Yeah, if, okay. you're be, if you're going to be applying the diesel fuel, letting it soak in, it's not going to be dry. But I'm I'm with Jerry. I think that uh, slow fire, even if there's a little moisture in there, is not going to be an issue. Got a question from the crowd. Did you want to come on the air with us? Talking to that mic. Well, I don't know if he wants to be on the air. Did you want to be on the air? You're okay with it? Okay, grab, grab the microphone. These guys will be able to hear you. And right now, you're on the air. What can we do for you? You want yes, one of these trees, huh? Yes, sir. I'm trying to find one of those trees because it says it's native to Texas. Yeah. And, but I haven't never seen one around here yet. <laughs> and, and they're they're mostly, uh, you know, they were. He's talking about Mexican pinon vine. Uh, and uh, five or ten years. Uh, and went down into Mexico. They're mm-hmm. thicker in Mexico. Oh, are they? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That actually pin, pinion forest are, are up around uh, between Lakey and uh, Campwood. Well, more north. Up okay. there, up there on a ranch. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Laura Shreve, who's passed now, man. Mm. Yeah, because with the thing is, I've, I've bought junipers here. And yeah. You know, within about five, ten years, they die. They get, I guess, a mite or something like that, and it turns the... Uh, you say you got so fast. Okay. You know, so if I get in one of those and need it, it'll last a lot longer here. You, you're going to have a hard time finding it. Really? <laughs> we, uh, when Dr. Shreve passed away, uh, I, I inherit... <laughs> 
He does that to irritate. <laughs> I inherited his pinion pine collection, and oh, uh, he was he was working with uh, uh, Mr. Uh, let's see, who's the guy that owned, built the library hmm. over at A and M? No, uh, but anyway, I, I think can't it, remember either. Yeah, I think it was in a minute that wanted to start a pinion pine orchard. Because it makes mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. But not yeah. many, and the birds get most of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I figured I, it would be hardy here in San Antonio. And, yeah. And survive the drought and the heat. And the, yeah, it's pretty. And so I inherited all his uh, pinions, and uh, Dr. Stein and I planted them at the uh, Uvalde Research Station. Oh, really? Okay. Do uh, you live out that way? No, I've been up in that direction. Okay. Well, I live over here in Congress. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, trees that oh, we okay. had there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was funny, you know, you want a windbreak to be a little bit higher than the, yeah. what you're trying to protect. Yeah, because it says it's we, a medium when tree. When we yeah. planted those pinions, they were about uh, maybe three. So how tall do they get? Because uh, this is a medium tree. They get large trees. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> They have since grown after 20 years. Yeah. They have it's since grown into extremely large specimens. Yeah. And uh, we grew them. He, Dr. Tree grew them from seed. And uh, if you're ever in New Valley, go by the Research and Extension Center okay. there in New Valley yeah. and look on the baseball of the, of the center. Yeah. It's fenced in. And... Uh, You'll see those pinions. They're huge trees. How tall they get, though, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, 20, well, 25, <laughs> that's what we thought we would be able to save the seed. But even in the pinion forest. So All right, you keep talking to him. Is somebody we, we, we got a... Texas dirt we got a... I got Texas and my soul. All right, we got to uh, take a break and get you caught up with the news. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Port Arthur Brownsville, I hear you call. I got to go. I got Texas and my soul. We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. And Trace is up on the porch with us at 210-308-8867 uh, with us. And uh, so you got three people now that can answer your gardening question at 210-308-8867. Did you finish answering his question for him? Oh, whoops, I, t- I turned you down. Oh, your... For the butterfly advocates out there, we, got, we mentioned the uh, spectacular uh, tropical... Milkweed up there, just a whole display of it with the blooms. So it's, it's about three foot tall, and so that, that that'll be ready. It'll, the queens will get to it right away, but it'll be ready when the monarchs come in a couple months. And then uh, let's see. I, I think I see mist flower you do. over on that other side. Yeah, Greg, mist Greg's mist. Huh? Greg's mist. Yeah, the, Greg's mist. Oh yeah, it. oh yeah, Greg mist, and. Uh, I was looking for what? What else we got, Trace? There's some porterweed. Porterweed over there. Yeah, yeah. I oh, cool. It. Gosh, oh yeah. There's the good. 
Good selection of that. So can't beat porterweed for a nectar source. Right there and, by Firebush. And then, then of course, we, Jerry and I were talking about the, all the salvias that are here. And uh, the, as we get into the summer and into the fall, salvias and lantanas get to be one of the main sources of, of um, nectar for the uh, butterflies and mon- mon- uh in our hummingbirds and our and our bees too. There's a butterfly on that. Uh, yeah, is it a queen? Tropical, uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's a real. And then, well, I, I forgot. What's that plant? There's two of them. Do you're always advocating the one that starts with a Z. Zinnia. <laughs> Zinnias. Yeah. You lost me there for a minute. Zinnia. Yeah. Zinnias are one of the hardest. I mean, one of the top uh, nectars suppliers too and in addition to the nectar the uh, the uh, birds and uh, always eat the zinnia seed too yeah yeah they like it as much as they do the sunflower seed if you got sunflowers now you know that those lesser goldfinches are getting after it and they also get after the zinnias so well, lots of choices well, if you're looking well, for uh, uh, wildlife in your uh, landscapes will a zinnia seed pass through a bird I don't know. I haven't seen that it has, but it. it but they. Out the I, I don't see zinnias along my fence line, so I can't. There you go. Okay. Can't imagine okay, it does. But they they drop so many seed that the, there's yeah. always seed that yeah. germinates and just like the sunflowers. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to relate uh, the Dorothy <laughs> starting? Sure. Or Trey, has Trace got something he wants to talk about? No, I'm okay. dying to hear about Dorothy. Yeah, who isn't? <laughs> Dor- Dorothy Weedy, who are one of one of our favorite uh, master gardeners, uh, she uh, they called me over. Her da- daughter Sylvia called me over to say that they had prepared a number of uh, the uh, uh, black plastic that we use for all our our, our presentations, mm-hmm. the t- tomato presentations and the milkweed presentations so I went to go uh, pick those up and then um, Sylvia gave me a little t- tour of their landscape it's unbelievable Jerry it was spectacular <laughs> and uh, she was showing me I brought the Westies with me to, and uh, I was telling I was telling uh, them about a Westie tree in the fox hmm. and uh and uh, Sylvia related, why did she even bother? There's a fox with three cubs living under her shed. <laughs> and I and I said, oh, that's exciting, fun. Sylvia was not too thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvia says every, every time she sees it, the fox is in her fig tree harvesting oh. the oh, man. Ha- harvesting the. Uh, the fakes they get so they get so bold, and, and I just never realized how much they were involved in height that up in the trees and yeah, things. They can, they can climb like a dog, I guess. Yeah. But uh. well, yeah, but I I loaded up the the pan the pots, and then I suggested I leave Tilly there to deal with the foxes, mm-hmm. and uh, Dorothy just told me to move on. Uh, <laughs> she yeah, has she, a real good for Dorothy. Fox. Sylvia does not care for the fox, but Dorothy has a real affection for her. Oh, good for oh, Dorothy. Okay. okay. 
Oh, I can't remember. Are foxes related to dogs or cats? Yeah, or dogs. They're related. And same to with dogs. coyotes. Are coyotes related to dogs? And huh? yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, I guess what, so. What's a chupacabra related to? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but there, 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 there's a lot of uh, articles, and and if you're on your phone, they all have all these features yeah. about all the fox that are living in urban communities. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some cities have more fox than they do do- uh dogs. Oh my what? god. Yeah. And they're I mean at night you go you go out and they're and they have they were photographing the <laughs> fox running foxes running along the fence playing huh. going through the garbage cans. They were, they're, they're they're a pretty bold bunch. You know uh we, I used to have a, a group that worked with me out with the greenhouse, and uh, Dorothy always furnished the uh, the uh, uh, trumpet creeper of the of the of the year, because she she ordered some really special ones, and uh, and she said, you know, one t- one time she said, Jerry, she she would come over to the greenhouse every now and then, look around. See if it's anything she wanted, and uh, she said, "You know, Jerry, uh, when I get older, she was eighty, over eighty. She's ninety-four now. Yeah, when I when I get older, I'm going to come over here and work with your group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you okay? <laughs> you do have to go. I know you're yeah. over the years. You've seen their landscape, but oh, yeah. that's really pretty spectacular." Um, Shows you so what hard work will do. Yeah. But uh, oh, I thought of the uh, the guy that uh, Dr. Shreve was going to start that pinion uh, pinion no, pine yeah. planting with. How'd that question finish out? <laughs> what did you? Uh, I told him I was afraid he's going to have trouble finding them. Okay. Because uh, they grow a lot of them in Mexico. All right. And that's where most of the pinion nuts that we eat come from, okay. Mexico. What was? Did you remember the name? Yeah. What was it? Uh, that's the one that uh, Dr. Shreve in our group meeting said that uh, he had a, a person who wanted to start a pinion pine uh, orchard. Orchard, yeah. Well, as slow as they grow. Yeah. It'd take a long time. Was it the you that said that he was so stupid, or who was it? That... <laughs> Calvin Lodge. Oh, really? <laughs> your buddy. <laughs> Wasn't he your major professor? Huh? Wasn't he your major professor? Calvin Lyons, yeah. 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 He never uh, called me stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, but he turned his back on me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> he and he and Dr. Shreve didn't quite get along yeah. together. But anyway, uh, yeah, he said... Lord, you shouldn't be encouraging people like that to to plant something like that. It's going to take forever to uh, grow out. Besides, it's not going to be very productive. You know, the nuts, they don't produce a lot of nuts. And uh, he said, who? He said, Calvin said, who is this nutcase? <laughs> I said, it's Mr. Evans. and uh, Who has donated... The library. Yeah. The, and, and, so, and so Dr. Lyons soon went back to yeah. uh, raising oranges <laughs> in <right>. Florida. <laughs> Kevin said, 
I mean, yeah, Calvin Lyon said, who? Mr. Evans, who? Uh, you know, on the library, Sterling I. Evans, that's donated millions to Texas yeah. A&M. It was just hard for me to tell him he was a crazy man. Yeah, it's probably smart. <laughs> but anyway, that's who it was. I got a question in. Uh, from San Antonio here in Texas, San Antonio here, mm-hmm. and uh, he's asking about Bubba Desert Willow not blooming. Hmm. That I planted a Desert Willow a couple of years ago. It's all that and, darn rain, huh? It's all that darn rain we yeah. had for one week, <laughs> and it does not bloom. It's in full sun, freezes each year. There's the tip, but comes back. It is four to five feet tall and bushy. Did he okay. say it's in the shade? They have to, a, a desert willow has to get to be a certain size before yeah. it blooms. And uh, I, I've watched, I watched a, a fairly nice size tree that was transplanted into my Cane's chicken drive-in. Mm-hmm. I get to see it very often. That's the only reason you go. And there you go. But uh, it, too, was kind of slow in blooming this year. But it's blooming now. But it was starting out as a... So uh, you, so potentially, because of those two freezes we had, oh, yeah. you could have that same thing. Yeah, yeah. And even though it's a great, great plant... Oh, yeah. But uh, if but the, it, weather, the weather and everything doesn't cooperate, you, yeah. you're going to have to wait. It's like cutting... Cutting the plant down to the ground and letting it re-sprout from the ground. Well, look at that. Takes it a while. That crepe myrtle is that? What is that, Trace? That's crepe myrtle. Gosh, we first sometimes we forget all those crepe myrtles we've got back there. Whoa! Wow, that's a very look at that foliage. That really looks nice. The shape. <laughs> but, it's nat- uh, Natchez. Huh? It's Natchez. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, they better move it fast because if it's Natchez, <laughs> it's going to uh, grow some more and bloom right there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to this uh, uh, desert weather. said, how can I get it to bloom, get it to stop freezing back to the ground every yeah, it's year? a little hard to do. Yeah. But it will bloom sooner or later. Bubba's yeah. a good bloomer. He didn't, and he didn't say he's he's watering it too much. I guess there's not enough no, growth. No, yeah. When it when it's a rainy spring, I believe I can remember we when we had a rainy spring. But uh, they don't like rain. <laughs> but so if, I, you, if you see where they come from over in Mexico, they grow in about uh, four or five inches of dust. Yeah. On top of those mountains over there. Well, I've I've seen folks try to grow them in uh, San Augustine lawns. Yeah. No, oh, that, that doesn't work. They're pretty. Unless pretty. you don't, if you unless you're willing not to water your lawn. That's it, Trace. Didn't you say that they've got an improved Bubba or something like that? There was one called Sweet Bubba that we had earlier in the year. Had a what? It was called Sweet Bubba. Yeah. They had it earlier in the year. That. The fragrance, it was blooms were fragrant? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Should have had melted. I remember it was a darker color. Hmm. Yeah. 
Hey, did we have a question last week about grass and planting by seed? Wasn't there something? Was no, Jerry I, talking about I, that? I, I don't know. I had a bunch of customers. I don't know. My article, I think, was about Oh, was it? Okay. Lawns. Um, so if you were trying to plant some grass by seed, what would you? when would you do it? Like now or is it now too hot? Bermuda would be now. Bermuda would be now? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, did you know? Did you notice that we, in the article, we talked about uh, our uh, lantanas and the lace bugs? Yeah, lace bugs. Lace bugs. I don't get the paper anymore. Hmm. So, Trace yeah, Trace said, said a couple weeks ago said that we better alert everybody that the uh, if they've got the the uh, lantanas and lantanas were blooming so well that it, yeah they you know especially the new gold is uh, liable to get hit by lace bugs in yeah. a typical year so there were some a whole bunch of strategies I think I used to just say malathion applied uh, Trace was saying uh, one one of the couple of the uh, uh, yep. Drenches work better, and and thracnose is one of, is is a, basically a drench too. But what was the other one you talked talk well, about? The middle corporate is a drench or as a granule. Uh, either either one would be to pour into the ground, but asafate could be sprayed. Yeah, and so so if you're if you're just uh, we we had a few uh, of the gardeners uh, or listeners uh, telling us about how wonderful the lantanas are doing. But if you've had a history of that uh, lace bug situation, you might want to go ahead. And the other thing that wor- works if you miss that, well, it works if the weather cooperates. But the uh, little trimming the top of the the patch off yeah. will sometimes cause a, a new uh, production of yeah, some new plants. What was the plant that you were um, advising one of the folks here to water differently? Was that lantana? Kind of water from the bottom rather than over the top? Oh, nothing wants water on their heads except for oh. ferns. Okay. Cer- certain plants it will kill. So okay. Vincas yeah. would be one. Zinnias well, would be another. Generally better to water, if you can, if you got the mechanism and structure for it, to water un- under rather than over on top. Oh, okay. But you, it's not always uh, practical or possible. I thought... I thought it was lantana, so I thought maybe there was some connection between that and the lace bugs. But mm, no, no, but, okay. But the heat Lantan- is a yeah. good connection. So now that we're hot, yeah, they're gonna. It's not a matter of if it's winter; they're gonna get it. Oh, okay. Lantana doesn't care how it gets its water, just so it gets some water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they like this heat too. Oh yeah. If they got if they got water. Uh, Kevin in his article today talked about. Uh, uh, the the lace bugs that you were just talking about, <clears throat> and uh, if you look for that modeling on the top of the leaf, all that looks like spider mite damage. Yeah, it does. Sure does. And <laughs> and it's pretty safe to say that if your lantana is not blooming now, especially new gold. You probably got lace Yeah. I haven't seen many that have been, have, it's affected the bloom yet, but 
as Trace reminded me, it's going to come. Yeah, fast. Yeah, once it starts, and so you you want you need to get, and those those trenches are not immediate, so you need to get them in place, and uh, you might even be late already for like malathion or something. Yeah. And All right. Then, oh, go ahead. No, no, we need to take a break. 210-308-8867. Give us a call. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM. The Answer. South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number. Come on by Millburgers at 1604 and Bull Rose and visit with us in person and ask your gardening question. We've had a couple of folks who have come up here. Not everybody has to be on the air. That's okay. We ask you to, but if you don't want to, we understand. And one of the guys will kind of split off and answer your question. We won't pressure them. To I will not pressure them. I don't he, got, want, he got over that after that lady left crying. Yeah, that was so sad. I don't even remember her crying. <laughs> All right, what you got there? You got back to Calvin's article? Yeah, I was looking at uh, <clears throat> what anytime somebody writes something about spider mites at mm-hmm. this time of the year, yeah. I read it. Okay. And the answer to how to control spider mites is garbage can. Okay. But let's see what let's see what Calvin has to say. There's a good chance you will have spider mites. If you grew tomatoes this spring, there's a good chance you will have spider mites. Now Trey said he didn't have spider mites. I guess he can identify. Some gardeners were able to reduce spider mite population by spraying the top and under the leaf each week with Seaweed spray, and have been able. What's to another ho- name for that seaweed spray? Huh? For uh, some kind of mm-hmm. a, a shore plant or what? A, yeah, it. Uh, it. it uh, yeah, we generally don't call it, it seaweed spray. <laughs> it's, anyway. it's, it's spider mite reproduction. They reduce spider mite reproduction. Uh, you mean the name brand of it, or I mean, no, you, no, you it call was, it seaweed uh, extract. Seaweed extract is that it? Well, I mean, I know you've heard you. I've heard you call it that, but I okay. Don't <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't think of okay. what. Oh, the, okay. uh, what we did call it, but yeah, that's seaweed extract. And as as uh, Jerry keeps reminding us, it's not it's not an absolute. It just <laughs> slows, just gives you time. And one of my neighbors was a ex- perfect example of that. He ended up with these great big nice. <laughs> he had spider mites, that, that but, but is, he uh, he's a, he's he a harvested. Pest, he? he said, he he said, uh, we just couldn't use all those tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, we were out. I was walking the dogs, and there were about seven of us neighbors out there, and everybody gave him a dirty look. <laughs> but, but they, they were big. They were our. Good. What was our uh, variety of the rodeo tomato? Yeah, Thunderbird. Thunderbird, yeah, that that was the the largest, uh, most productive set I've seen, and it it did include uh, spider mites, but 
he he yeah. got it to the point where they were they got some, had some good color and they were ready yeah. to harvest. Yeah. Did did he mention the taste or the? Did you ever get one? No. When I I was just asking about the fruit, he, he said that that's when they came up when we we just couldn't eat all those tomatoes. <laughs> And then I started telling about well, you could give them away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll give, I've got a report on your tomatoes that you you cherry tomatoes. Oh yeah. Time. Let's see. Calvin brought uh, Trace and I from a a very good mm-hmm. picking of uh, cherry tomatoes. Let's see. Not last week, not week before, but the week before that. So, but. What three weeks ago, almost a month ago, uh, and I got what Trace didn't eat of the 968 and uh, Ruby, Ruby Crush. Crush. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I got home, I had them in a bag, and I got home, put them in the refrigerator immediately. But I didn't get around to eating those until uh, last night. Huh, and that's I, been a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been so Yeah, I, I poured those things out of the bag. There wasn't a rot, maybe one or two soft ones, yeah, which I, I ate. How was the flavor? Could you still, it was still distinctive? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, those those, those are, uh, if you're looking for. That's unbelievable. Product, yeah, if you're looking for uh, tomato production, yeah. controllable, reasonable, yeah. Uh, those, those those two plants are amazing. Yeah. I imagine we'll have Ruby Crush this summer. Uh, hmm. In a, in a couple of weeks, I yeah, he said mid July. But uh, and we have Parsons Potent Penguins uh, yeah, now. We'll do, yeah, there we, you go. we should start seeing it. We'll probably start seeing them on the yeah out here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Trey said. Uh, no, there's no. I don't start know if there's... Out, they're going to start out with a few, and then get a few more. And then not have any. <laughs> hey, he, he, didn't, he'd probably be out of business by. Uh, he didn't say first what, what kind egg. of big ones there would be. Uh, no, he, no. he didn't know if the producer was gonna. Yeah. Those pr- those big ones are dangerous in the in the in the fall because it's so hot and they grow so fast. Oh. We kind of worry about them in the spring, in those containers or gallons especially. Because uh, when they get too big, you can't sell them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that possibility triples in the summer when it's yeah. hot because they grow according to the hot weather. So be be alert, everybody. Watch <laughs> if you're you're looking for fall tomatoes, especially those those two uh, prime uh, cherry tomatoes. If they yep. show up at your favorite nursery, um, get them, yep. and we'll we'll keep you alert here when they show up at Milburgers. Yeah. And how's LeJoe doing? Huh? How is LeJoe doing? Doing great. Oh, I don't know. I haven't oh. heard from him. Oh, okay. It's about time. Oh, good. That okay, they, so I they, thought. They should be giving me a sprouting report. Oh, did okay. Your, did your son, how, how are they doing on their crop? Well, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> the spider mites, like I said, are having dances on top of the cages, uh, wires or the cages. But uh, he says, 
They still got tomatoes there. Yeah, they're they, ripening. The spider mites are kind of discouraging, but if you don't let that the plant getting uglier, yeah. you just ignore it and look at keep your eye on the tomatoes. <laughs> fruit. Yeah, they are, they still taste great. And uh, <laughs> so uh, I've I've offered to go over and pull them up, you know, get rid of them, but he says they still got tomatoes out of there. These these young people are hard to train, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be more uh, more careful about letting my uh, grassy weeds grow up around my big containers. Uh, one of the reasons I use those big containers now is I thought I didn't have to deal with the weeds as yeah. much. <laughs> but then, uh, then when you water, uh, those yeah, weeds you, grow well. You and I are convinced that the the spider mites <laughs> it, it, it encourage the spider mites. There is a bright side to it. You don't have to bend down as far to pull the weed. You don't have to bend down as far to pull the weed. (laughs) Yeah. Those big weeds, uh, you almost have to have a forklift to pull those out of the ground. String mower. Yeah. That that knocks your string string off. String mower. Anyway, Kevin says it, it worked best if we plant our fall crop of tomatoes in July so it's time to pull and dispose of the existing plant especially if they have spider mites. Pull the infested plants carefully to avoid dropping adult mites from the plants to the garden surface. I still got that like, irritates me. I still got like 200 on the, on one of mine. Hmm. I picked everything off the dwarf cherry surprise <laughs> at, at least 300. And then uh, there's another 200 on the that other one that Calvin sold wow. my wife. <laughs> Trace, man, uh, describe how you d- do that uh, packaging so that the spider mites don't escape. So uh, a large garbage bag over the top. Cut the plant at the, as low as you can, and then you fold up the garbage bag so they can't get out. And I was I was looking for a large garbage bag, you know, to put over the complete cage. And some of one of our listeners called in and said, "Do it with two garbage bags, two big ones." You could tape them together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, put but two, why why put, two so that you well you if put you got a tall <laughs> you got a tall tomato. Yeah, you put the first one on half the cage. And cut it's it. Got my, this was my idea. Was it your idea? I'm taking credit for it. Okay, good. So what, you, you, good cut, idea, you, you cut it off at the halfway point, and you seal that one and throw it away, and then you go to the other one and put the bag over the, the rest of it and cut that off of the ground. But I don't think y'all liked the idea when I came up with it at first. I had to think about it. Man. Oh, okay. And it wasn't <laughs> his idea, Milton. What? <laughs> no, true. It wasn't his idea. Now right. it is, so okay. I'll yeah. just give it to him. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to have to do the two on, on my dwarf cherry surprise. Is it that tall? There's no nothing dwarf about it. Wow. <laughs> How tall is it? So, uh, it's over five. So wow. is your wife satisfied with her tomato crop? She said she's only planting one cherry next. Uh, <laughs> he's oh, only, he's planting only planting one. one cherry this next fall. Uh, <laughs> That that's that's, com- that's common. That greenhouse grower down south that I work with, <laughs> for one year he said, well, "Bring me about twelve of those cherry tomato <laughs> yeah. plants." I said, "You sure you want that many?" 
Oh, yeah, yeah. We we use a lot of cherry tomatoes. I said, that ain't what I asked you. You're going to be picking cherry tomatoes the rest of your natural life. You might have to you could hire somebody on a minimum yeah. wage just <laughs> or eight hours a day picking those. I, I will say my wife has volunteered to try to save the dwarf cherry surprise seed. Oh, oh good. Good. Good, good. good. We'll see how successful she is. <laughs> you, know, you know the best way to do it is... Uh, Pick the tomatoes, rot it or not, and then put them in a sealed container like a big, big whiskey barrel, and then stomp them. Uh, I mean, get in there with bare feet and squish those little tomatoes up. She's not going to do that. <laughs> so and, and do it two or three times. So most of us are stomping so we can have some wonderful wine. Jerry's uh, stomping so he can have tomato seeds. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. It's also a good idea to clean all the weeds and organic materials from the area where the new plants are going to be planted. Uh, Neil, to say, ask your favorite nursery what to spray the spider mites with. And their answer is, it ain't nothing's going to work on those big plants because you can't get good coverage even if it did work. But uh, I think about the only thing you can use now is a, spy, a, a malathion. Isn't it? I've had results before. People tell me they've had results before with the pyrethrin and the sulfur. Oh, okay. But then again, you're just trying to prolong the life of the plant to get the rest of the tomatoes Yeah, off. right. So yeah. you're not trying yeah. to save the plant. You're just trying to prolong the life. Yeah. That won't hurt anything. And you're not going to hurt the plant if it's been inundated with uh, spider mites. It probably hasn't got much foliage activity left uh, because of the spider mite. Uh, if you, should we mention? The, you take a break, Jerry. That, well, those spectacular pentas over there. Did you see those white, the white mm-hmm. ones, and that bright red? They're wonderful. Can you see them? Oh, I can see them. Yeah, I saw them when I walked, yeah. came up oh, here. Yeah, that—that—that's that, a, a pretty versatile plant. You know, you got all-star hot weather plants like uh, Vinca for the sun. These guys, of course, Trace uh, Trace uses his and almost in, on in sun too. But I I like them for the uh, oh morning sun, but sh- or shade, and they really do well. And the other thing that we, when we mentioned our pollinators, mm-hmm. they are, they're really attractive to the, the bees and to the butterflies too. So you just you gotta see those if you're planning on coming by. Make sure you look at that that, that, that white penta is unbelievable. And then that, especially if it was planted with that red one right next to it, it's it's hard to beat. Do you like those, Milton? You never say them. Yeah, the pandas are pretty. Yeah. Calvin Trace uh, assured me that the microbes were uh, thinned out on his uh, tropical milkweed <laughs> out here. And that point, Trace just collapsed again on the table. The microbes were out there, yeah. The microbes, you know, that killed the monarchs? Yeah, you're I'm not, you know, I'm, don't don't I'm, play along with. I'm that. not encouraging you. Uh, no. I, I, he uh, needs no encouragement. I'm caught. No. I'm caught between two. 
<laughs> I, I, if, if he wasn't so, uh, so ornery about it, I would probably be on arguing with him. But uh, because that, the other, the other thing for. is, we have not. It's been disappointing any any research results that they told us were going to be available that that dealt with uh, the the microbe issue and the uh, other ones. So 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 and it never showed up. So far, I haven't seen it. Now they may not seek me out to get to show <laughs> me the results, but I'm watching for them. But what what we're talking about there for the audience is that. Uh, uh, or this uh, tropical milkweed, which is a really a neat plant, easy to grow, attractive blooms, and uh, st- instead of four years to develop a plant like the native milkweed, it's av- available right away. And uh, so we've rec- recommended that gardeners use it uh, until they could grow some, or, or until we figured out how to to get some more. Um, Milkweed, native milkweed, and Trace, in fact, does did have na- uh, some of the the native milkweed here too. Had, had, had used up, sold. Yep. Okay, but uh, but what Jerry's talking about the, the the arguing against the this long blooming tropical milkweed are are some of the uh, plant uh, advocates, and then they they say, well. It, they, they fear that the, it, it, it because it just keeps keeps growing and blooming that that there's a microbe population that develops that has a negative effect on the on the monarchs and uh, we haven't seen they promised to have some research that would mm-hmm. sh- deny, show that it's not true or that it's true in the meantime we've uh, I just wonder how the microbes can climb to the top where the butterflies. Cutting it back like on November first, so that it doesn't encourage the monarchs to stay any long, like in San Antonio, stay too long, so that the young can't get back to the, the grounds. But then, and uh, then another one one argument that I I've never never got a good answer for is that's exactly the as far as I know that's exactly the same. Plant, uh, milkweed. It's in Mexico. That's in Mexico. Yeah. And stays blooming. As far as I know, stays blooming almost most of the year. If it's got microbes there, I mean, if it, if it doesn't have microbes there, why should it have microbes here? <laughs> so there's maybe, a lot of maybe only the suicidal monarchs uh, feed on it. <laughs> Milton's going to fall asleep know again. Monarchs, again, not encouraging it. They know the mar- microbes are just crawling on that. Uh. You're on your own on this microbe. How, how do microbes <laughs> crawl? I don't know. I don't think they can. Well, they can't crawl. Well, they can't climb. So how can they crawl? Yeah. Did we? Does my column this time t- talk about the uh, <laughs> the uh, a- aphids and the? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. On the on the ornamental. Golden aphids and milkweed beetles. You've got a picture of a milkweed beetle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what I think Trace brought up the point that if uh, there's no, there's none of those. There, if there are some of those uh, on the plant, it just indicates it's what spray no insecticide spray on there, and that's what you want. But we we've also we haven't got as many this year as we got in the past years about 
people that get, get, get nervous when the aphids are on their <laughs> any plant oh, yeah. in their garden. Yeah. And they want to want to control them and we tell them just let them be. They're not you know, it won't reduce your your crop or actually the ladybugs will bring them under control. So Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break while we do. You give us a call 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas is coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 9.30 a.m. The Answer. South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We've got someone named Mark on the line. I wonder if this is our Mark at 210-308-8867. Hey, Mark, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. How you doing? Well, I'm doing it's fine. Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Mark. Um, uh, the the gentleman was asking about the pinion pines. He kept asking about how tall they get, and uh, I don't think he actually gave him a number. It is approximately 30 to 35 feet in the wild. So uh, there you go. Um I'd like to see. I haven't seen those trees, Jerry, in a long time out there in Uvalde. I used to see them all the time, but oh, did I lose they're, you? Okay. They're still there. <laughs> yeah, I, I should make a little road trip. Around the citrus? No, no, the, the pinion pine. Yes, yes, they, they were around the citrus, but yeah, yeah the okay. pinion pine ones. Yeah. yeah they, they now, grew- however, that gentleman was from Converse. And I bet you he was looking for a screen. And pines would not be my choice in Converse with that clay soil. So, um, Holly's, Zylosma, that would be my choices. On that. Yeah. So, if that gentleman's listening, yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, they used to have a, a beautiful pinion pine in, uh, right there off of uh, 35. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. See it, um, see it from the expressway. Yeah. Um, the ones that were planted around town, uh, a lot of them died in '87. And oh, when's the last time we had a lot of rain in the summer? But uh, yeah, they didn't like a lot of rain. They like nice, well-drained soil. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is why I probably wouldn't do it in Converse. Anyway, just wanted to bring that up real quickly, and you get started running out of time. You may have other callers, but we're okay. Gee whiz. Hey, can we? Can we what do you mean? <laughs> How's that? We can grow cottonwoods, uh, <laughs> but it's a little too warm to grow aspens. All right, and yeah, you we, know we what? Grow cottonwoods. They grow so fast, and then it's just in time yeah. for us to get a. Second mortgage, so that we can afford to get them cut down. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what we do, Milton? We what? grow those Mexican sycamores. And oh, when okay. the wind blows, the Mexican sycamore looks just like an apple. About the aspens and the root system underneath them, and like yeah. they're all connected. And... <laughs> right, right. Is, you is could right? have a grove of trees about five, about the size of a uh, football field. And you'd go, oh, look at all those trees. And you'd go, yeah, actually, it's one tree. And they all have a common root system. Okay. Do we have anything so, yes. like that here in South Texas? 
It's called a live oak. Okay, that's what I was wondering, <laughs> if the live oaks were similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doc <laughs> found a grove of aspens in uh, Big Bend National Park. Really? Right, yeah, right. I, so I was well, real quick. Isolated. In some valley? Yeah. Yeah, they I, saw, were I think I saw that in one of those National Parks magazines. Yeah, isolated. Yeah. So all yeah, the live so. oaks are connected to each other, or? Well, what you do in the springtime, you'll see one hillside, all the foliage, and three days later, or a week later, another whole hillside to foliage. So each one of those is a unique family genotype. Well, okay. So uh, what is your mark? Folks were thinking about uh, uh, planting shade trees as soon as this weather breaks. Um, what would What's your favorite recommendation usually? I got, I got Yeah, I have a list of five. I think it's the five. It's a list of five. Live oak, of course. Uh, Monterey oak. Uh, Cedar elm. Uh, Texas red oak. And did I say Mexican? Yeah, Mexican sycamore. And then occasionally Montezuma cypress. Oh, 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 I forgot my favorite. Chinkapin mm. oak. Well, it's a pretty tree. You're not commonly used anymore. Yeah, Where, is yeah, there yeah. Any kind of special conditions where where you guys would wouldn't plant it, or what? I've always always liked it too, and didn't didn't think it was too fussy I, I, on I, where it got planted. You, but then, yeah, if you it, drew a line, didn't yeah, diagonal didn't all the way through San Antonio, uh, anything to the north and west of that line, that's my Chinkapin Oak area. South and east of that line, it's a heavier soil, and I would go with a fir oak or Monterey oak or live oak. That's it. It's just, it's just, uh, Chinkman's like a, a, a shallower, thinner soil, whereas fir oak's like a heavier soil. That's it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Milton. And all have a wonderful day. All right. 210 308 8867. Still time. To call in and be a part of the show. Yeah, I was looking at the sale items, and I've got uh, Blue Plumbago, Texas Superstar, uh, on sale for eight 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 eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Regularly nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And they got uh, Boston ferns hanging baskets. Sales. They were kind of. What's that? Oh yeah, because they're kind of ferny. Mm-hmm. Had that ferny look mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, just setting you up. <laughs> and Mexican fan prom. Did that freeze, or did most palm freeze? At that six degrees, I did not. Yeah, which was cool. Uh, med fans and windmills all seemed to do okay. Okay, good. Somebody interested in the in the palms, Trace? How would would they just come into the here and ask for any staff person, or if you got a would you be the one to confer with, or Mary, or who's who's our palm experts? Um, right now, probably Michael. But you know, most questions can be answered by anybody. Just go to the cashier, and they'll find you. We haven't mentioned today that we've got the. Uh, Parsons potent chili penguin plants available for sale for about two weeks now. 
Uh, it's four times larger and five times hotter than a standard chili. Thinking of my several <laughs> plants I got that I think are going to outgrow my uh, mesquite trees. There. <laughs> yeah, that's the fruit. But uh, so, so a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. And if they want to see a write-up and also some pictures of uh, that penguin, uh, topics of the month, and the second listing is Parsons Potent Chili Penguin. Trace? Genius. Zanias, oh, <laughs> beautiful yellow. I think that was the third one. Paint. I think he finally got it in. <laughs> Poor Trace. I guess I better take that. If I want to continue to have a, uh, a Zinia ally, I better quit <laughs> picking on him. But anyway, they'll have Nethery Lajos for mm. sale. Hopefully, probably well, two, really have her name two to three to weeks. Will it really have her name attached to it? Hmm. Will it really have her name attached to it? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. We call it Nethery. You know, she's passed. I know. That's what you said. That's, I why, got, that's why I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the write-ups are and pictures are also on plantanswers.com at Topics of the Month. So you can look at both of the penguin, oh. chili penguins are... Have been here a while. Been here a couple of weeks. So, uh, you, if you're interested in those, you need to go ahead and and get some. Hey JJ, I missed your call. Call us back tomorrow, okay? And tell us about those spider mites. Um, all right. Well, we are running out of time here. But uh, Trace, anything you want to say before we uh, wrap it up? That uh, it's going to have things things never on sale here before ever, ever. This is correct. Okay. So we'll say goodbye for today. On behalf of the Docs and Trace, thanks to you for listening. We're going to be back here tomorrow. Come by and visit with us at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I'm Milton Glick. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. See you again tomorrow back here at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And you can listen on 930 AM, The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.